You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Transform the way you hunt with the all-new base cellular trail camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's Industry Best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wisconsin Sportsman Podcast, your home for all things outdoors in the Badger State. I'm your host, Josh Raley. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I hope that you have been outside enjoying some of the beautiful weather that we've had. Uh, I don't know about where you are, but it got up to almost 80 degrees uh, here. What was that? Yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, I guess it was. Almost 80 degrees. I spent the entire day outside a little bit of time hunting with a buddy a little bit of time outside hanging out with the family and uh, man I am so so ready for spring to kick into into high gear it feels like the cold weather and just the dreary gray sky has held on for forever Um, but I've gotten a chance to get out now a couple of times and chase turkeys around and uh, I'm ready for some sunshine. I'm ready for some warm temperatures. I'm ready for the birds to be gobbling and uh, ready to get out and do some fishing. So, yeah, anyway, I hope you've been doing all of that stuff as well. Um, like I said here recently, I've gotten to get out for a couple of different turkey hunts. I almost got one with my uh, five-year-old son. Uh, well, he almost got one. We uh, we went out one morning and actually... Uh, set up near a roost site but um, the turkeys just weren't there they uh, it was all quiet uh, on this piece of property the birds were like two properties over we could hear them gobbling but we did not have access to them and so uh, we went down to one of the other farms where we had permission and we saw four strutters out in the field and uh, I grabbed my son his name is Sutton I'm like hey buddy you want to go chase one of those turkeys they're way way out in this field you know, or do you want to try to get one? He was like, absolutely. So we jumped out of the car. I grabbed a full strut decoy. Um, you know, they can be really, really effective this time of year. And as we drove past this, uh, past this cornfield, um, these turkeys were all strutting and then chasing each other around and fighting around in this field, uh, trying to impress these hens, obviously, that are out there setting the pecking order. And so I thought, man, let me grab this full strut decoy. I'll set it out. And we'll see if we can't get uh, one or two of these toms to come in and respond. So uh, we grab all of our gear. My son gets right up behind me. We sneak using the terrain. 
uh, to kind of stay low. We sneak through this field. The birds don't see us until we get out on this high point where I wanted to set the decoy. And uh, no sooner than I we crawled out onto this little high knob to where the, the birds could finally see us, and I put this decoy up, and next thing I know, the hens start coming our way. They see the the strutting Tom decoy up on the hill. They decide that's the guy we want. We don't want these four jokers that are here uh, chasing each other around and fighting. So the hens start coming our way, and me and my son, we have no choice but to just stay put. Next thing you know, the hens are, gosh, seven, eight yards from us. I mean, they're they're circling us, and I had this camouflage netting that, you know, we were so exposed when the birds started coming, I just kind of draped it over us, and so it just looked like a tom strutting in a field with a big green and brown camo lump behind it. So, anyway, the hens all come over, and eventually that gets the attention of the four strutters. They, they stop fighting with each other, and they realize, hey, our hens are gone, so they start coming our way, and they're gobbling the whole way, and uh, finally, they come up over the hill, and they're coming right at us, and they get to 15 yards. And uh, we didn't, we've didn't. we got this little tripod that I've been uh, helping my kids shoot on, and uh, they're not real comfortable yet uh, shooting freehand. They've, they've shot this uh, 410 that I bought for them strictly on this little tripod. And so we're out in this field. We're pinned down behind this full strut decoy. The birds all come in. And they're 15 yards away. They're, they're checking out this full strut decoy, trying to decide if it's worth going up to him or not, uh, trying to decide what in the world this blob is back behind it. And in the meantime, I've gotten the gun up for my son, and I'm holding it on my knee, and he's trying to squat down and look through it. And real proud dad moment um, as we're sitting there. My, my son can't get the red dot on one of the turkeys they're bobbing and weaving and moving their heads all around and he just he just can't get settled on one and so he doesn't pull the trigger uh but at one point we we he's been fighting a cold and at one point he coughs and all four of these birds gobble right in our face at you know 15 yards so uh the kind of the kind of gobbling volume that just rattles your chest and so absolutely fantastic experience they finally ended up spooking we couldn't get a shot off uh, got back to the house, started talking with my son. I said, hey, buddy, you know, you said you couldn't get the red dot on, on the turkey's head. So where, 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 where were you getting it? Like, show me with this thing over here. Like, how close were you? And he showed me, basically, he had been able to get the, the red dot, like, right next to the heads and stuff before it would move. And so, uh, you know, real proud of him that he, he made that call. Hey, I don't feel like this is a, this is an uncomfortable shot. I'm not sure of my target. And and so I'm not going to take it. But then I also got to have the conversation with, with him like, hey, buddy, with a shotgun, you know, close enough is is close enough. So uh, anyway, hopefully that will not happen again next time. Hopefully I'll be able to get him out again. Uh, his uh, tag is actually good here in a couple of weeks. So we'll hopefully get him back out. But after that, I had uh, the opportunity to take a buddy of mine named Scott uh, out for his very first turkey hunt. So I, I'd love to get him on uh, here at some point in the next couple of weeks and kind of break that down. But we went out to the same property and uh, had birds all around us. As soon as it, uh, as soon as it started breaking daylight, birds gobbling all over the place. And uh, thought it was going to happen. At one point, we had a hen come out uh, in the field and she drug a gobbler right along with her. 
but he just would not step into the field. He stayed right on the edge of the wood line on the opposite side of the field and uh, stood there and gobbled and strutted and gobbled and strutted, and uh, he, he just wouldn't come out. I, I was able to get some good video of him uh, kind of through the trees there a bit, but uh, he never would come out in the field. We tried to chase him as much as we could, but on this particular property, I really don't have permission um, beyond like the first five or six yards of of tree line so i most of what i can hunt is is the field and just a little bit of the tree line all the way around the field and so uh, we weren't actually able to go after him we were able to get around the other side of the property and strike him up again and had him gobbling but he just wouldn't would never commit and so uh, we decided hey let's go drive around We'll, we'll look for some strutters in some fields we'll see what we can find we checked every single field property that I've got permission on and we could not find a bird out in the field. They were just desolate. And I'm talking, this is, you know, 8.30, 9 o'clock in the morning that the fields are just empty, which is odd because here lately I've been seeing birds out all out in the fields uh, all the way up until noon. So we decided, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over to this little piece of public and I know of an area where turkeys roost on this piece of public, but I've never hunted it for turkeys. I've kind of always kept it in my back pocket. So I was like, hey, we'll hop over this hill. We'll go over here close to where I know they like to roost. And we'll just see if we can strike up a midday bird. And by this point, it's like 1115. We get back in there. Uh, I start calling a little bit, nothing. Call a little more, nothing. Finally, we get sort of deep back into this piece, you know, probably a little over a mile into this piece. And I call, we're, we're probably 150 or 200 yards from where uh, there's a, a really just well-used roost tree. So I call and boom, turkey fires off gobbles, probably 200 yards from us maybe. So we go running and gunning through the woods trying to track this thing down. We had started our morning off in a blind. You know, that was kind of his Scott's first introduction to turkey hunting. And then now we're running and gunning kind of through this marsh timber mix uh, back and forth. And we actually sneak within... Um, probably 10 yards, 15 yards of an, of another turkey. Couldn't tell if it was a Jake or a hen, but it, it ended up working its way off. And uh, we thought this uh, this gobbler was coming in, and he just wouldn't commit. Wouldn't commit. He'd gobble at everything that we did. Every call that we made, he'd gobble and uh, was stuck. And so we decided, you know what, we're either, we're either going to bump this bird or we're going to kill this bird. Um, because, you know, it's it's the season A here on on public ground. Like, if this bird wants to play... He's probably going to get shot sometime in the next couple of days. If he doesn't want to play, hey, we've got to go home anyway here in just a bit. So let's go see if we can make something happen. So we go chasing after this bird. And man, the thing just shuts up. It goes silent. Uh, Not another peep out of it. We couldn't get him to gobble for anything. I don't know if we bumped him. Maybe we did. I don't know if he had hens with him or what. But he was just locked tight on this spot that... Uh, he had been gobbling from, wasn't budging, and uh, as we closed the distance, he just shut up. And so, um, anyway, after that, we had to go. We had to come home, and um, that was it for for Scott's turkey hunting season. He's not going to be able to get out again, but uh, yeah, hopefully I'll be able to get him on here in the next couple of weeks and kind of ask him about his experience and, you know, sort of how he processed the whole thing being a first-time turkey hunter and maybe how what we did didn't quite jive with Uh, what he was expecting but um, anyway all of that to say I am super pumped for this Wednesday season B starts here in the state of Wisconsin 
when this podcast launches, that mean it, it means it will be tomorrow that uh, season B starts, and I've got a season B tag burning a hole in my pockets. I cannot wait to get out. I am pumped. Um, I've got several properties that I've been watching birds on, including one. And uh, hey, reach out to me on Instagram and let me know what you think about this. I've got one property in particular where there are probably close to a dozen jakes and one longbeard on this property. And the longbeard has run around with these jakes quite a bit this, this spring, and I've been watching them. But I observed some really strange behavior the other day. Every time the longbeard would start to strut, the jakes would come up and just start kicking the crap out of him. I mean, they would just start letting him have it. And then he would he would just stop and he'd walk around. And as long as he didn't strut, they were okay with him. But as soon as he went in to strut, the jakes just all sort of all sort of started getting after him. And so, uh, yeah, if you've observed that kind of behavior among turkeys before, let me know. Uh, what would you do? You got these dozen bully jakes on your property. Um, are you... Are you shooting one of these jakes? I, I've never shot a jake before. I've only killed, you know, a handful of turkeys, whatever, in my life. I've only been turkey hunting for about two years now. Uh, this is my third season, actually. Uh, haven't killed a jake yet. So kind of wondering, might this be the year that we need to kind of go ahead and throw the jake break? Because these guys are obviously very territorial. And uh, I don't think any gobbler is going to be doing much on this property so long as they have kind of run of the place but anyway so that's been my turkey season so far looking forward to getting out on wednesday cannot wait like i said this tag is burning a hole in my pocket we have got a uh, great episode in store for you today this is the second part of my conversation with my dad Uh, if you listen to last week you know my dad grew up hunting in the up of michigan and uh, in this episode we're going to talk about Uh, our time hunting in Alabama, and some of the key differences between the hunting club culture of the South and the deer camp culture of the North. You would think they'd be very similar, but they're actually very, very, very different. But before we jump in, uh, I do want to let you know this episode is brought to you by Overwatch Outdoors, makers of the Transformer and Orion tree saddles. It is turkey season right now. It is fishing season right now. I know a lot of you guys are probably not at all thinking about deer, but let me tell you, if you're going to be jumping into a saddle this fall, now is the time to go and buy your equipment. You need to get the time to uh, practice and get comfortable in your saddle. You also don't want to end up waiting in line in June, July, and August wondering, am I going to get my gear in time for a September opener, right? So if you're interested in a saddle, head over to overwatchoutdoors.net. Give Jamie a call. He hand makes these Orion saddles. The Orion is by far the most comfortable saddle I've ever sat in. I love it. So, uh, yeah, go give it a try or at least give Jamie a call and see if a saddle might be right for you. And uh, last but not least, I I want to, um, well, I guess I can't say too much this week, but I've got some really, really big news to share with you all in next week's episode. Something that's huge for us, uh, by us, I mean me uh as as a show host uh for the wisconsin sportsman um really big news to share with you all and i can't tell you what that news is yet but i do want to take this opportunity and just say thank you thank you thank you to each and every one of you that tune in every single week Uh, i never could have guessed how well this podcast would be uh received i mean I, i knew people here in the state of wisconsin love outdoor recreation they love hunting they love fishing I knew like you guys would dig this right but 
Uh, at the same time, I never could have guessed how many downloads we would be getting, and I, I never could have guessed sort of the excitement around the podcast and, and how many people would just tune in every week and, and show their support. And so because of that, we're starting to be able to do some really cool things as a, uh, as a show. And um, yeah, can't wait to share with you uh, next week. But I did just want to tell you right now, thank you so, so much. Your support every week means a ton. So with all that now out of the way, here is part two of my conversation with my dad, Brian Sutton. So there are a lot of differences between a hunting camp up north and a hunting camp down here. Yeah. Quite a few differences. That's right. Um, and we were in a, of as the way clubs go, we were in a good one. We're in a very good one. But. Oh my goodness. It is politics. Yeah. It is politics. It is secrecy. It is... Uh, Everybody, you some clubs may do more bonfires and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, they all head for each other's campers, or their own campers, and shut the door, go to bed, get up at 4.30, draw for a spot to hunt, and get on their four-wheeler head out there, and don't tell a soul where you're hunting. Yep. You see anything? Nope. 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 And we fell into that trap. Yep. I, I was heavy into that trap. But uh, it never was the same. Killed some nice deer. And, yeah. and you had opportunity at some beautiful deer. I did, man. I, I wish I could have killed some of the deer. I, I still, the one morning, <clears throat> it was during the rut, I'll remember. <clears throat> I looked down. It was a sunny morning. It was cold. It was frosty. I remember looking down. I had this watch that you'd bought me. And I put it on the old ladder stands we used to sit in. I had a hard time staying put. So I put that on the little rail of the shooting of the ladder stand. And I looked up and it was like seven thirty something in the morning. And it had been daylight for a little bit at this point. Seven thirty something. And I nodded off. And I wake up to the sound of scurrying around underneath me. And a beautiful white horned buck had chased three does down into this little SMZ bottom area. And this is Rutledge's, one of Rutledge's stands down, yeah. at, down at 30, right? Yeah. And they're running all around, and he's grunting at them, and he's dogging them around and everything. And my gun is laid across the little bar, and I grab my gun, and I go to put it up. And he sees me and uh, doesn't care. But he realizes the does had just run off because they saw me too. They're they're like running under. Remember there was that briar patch right under the stand. Yep. They had run up into the briar patch to get away from him. Yeah. And they saw me move. They run off. He runs off after him, grunting and all kinds of stuff. And I looked down at the watch, and I think it was like seven thirty-five. So in, I had dozed off for probably three minutes. Yeah. Two minutes. Yeah. And uh, man, I'd have loved to have that one because he was just. His body was huge. I mean, his, his rack was huge. It was nice, but he's just a big deer. I learned. I learned in Alabama, don't go to sleep. You can't. And uh, in Michigan, I'd go to sleep. I'd go to sleep, and heartbeat was freezing to death up there as a little <laughs> kid. I remember Charlie's brother took me up the railroad tracks into the, into the railroad workers' stands <laughs> and put me to sleep. And would come to get me that evening. He's looking, he woke me up, and he said, how come you didn't shoot that deer up there? I said, it was a doe. He said, I don't care. You should have shot it. I don't even know there was a deer. He just saw me sleeping. 
<laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, anyway, he just uh, that's he, funny. Uh, down here, I've I've uh, learned that I missed many opportunities, and you have as well by taking that nap. So yep. I I refuse to sleep on a stand anymore. And now that I'm in a tree, some oh my goodness, I, I you know you don't want to go to sleep anyway because the dangers of it. But yeah. Yep. But a good good afternoon nap in a shooting house is uh, is fun. It's hard to uh, beat. That's hard to beat. Hard to beat. It's good but, rest. So we were in a, we were in a good club, a club that killed good deer every year. Every year, a club with some good hunters in it. Yep. There are some guys in that club that knew how to kill some deer. Fantastic hunters. And I'm talking guys who were killing in Clark Wilcox County, Alabama. Yep. 120, yep. 130 inch deer. That's right. Not irregular. Not we probably had a we probably had a hundred and twenty five to hundred thirty inch deer, a couple of them killed every year. Yep, two, three, something yep. like that. Real nice deer. Real nice deer, wide, yep. wide racks. That's right. Um, and, and had good deer movement. I mean, we could mm-hmm. we would see deer quite a bit. Yeah, yeah it was did. a good it was a good spot. But yeah. but you're right that politics thing just changed yeah. the whole dynamics of it, and people were so secretive, and so we felt like we had to be secretive. And there was no camaraderie. And I'll, I'll never forget, we were, I shot a four-point, which is a legal buck. Legal. And the club, state yeah. of Alabama, more than legal. More than, yeah, way legal yeah. for the state of Alabama. Legal for the club. Yep. My second buck ever. Ever. You know, and we go hang it up in the shack, and a guy comes by, and he's like, how much did it weigh? Deer weighed 122 pounds. Oh, they had to know how much everything weighed. How much, how much that weigh? Yeah. 122 pounds. That's not bad when you think about it, because... Really, a four point's not much, not much, not any different than a spike. Yeah, yeah. Now today, as an adult, but you were just a kid, man. What the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. You were just a kid. Like, who you are were... you? I'm, I'm fifteen, sixteen. I might have been fifteen. Probably sixteen. Probably sixteen. Or, or might have still been fifteen. But yeah. either way, it's like, man, come on, yeah. really? And then, of course, that guy go shoot. A spike and pay his fifty dollar fee or whatever on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on on purpose. And it's like, uh, anyway. But yeah, the the politics just it the the dynamics of the club. Now there were a couple people that I feel like we could have been in a club with and had a good time. Yeah, there, there's there there's some nice people. Yeah, right on their own, they're nice people, and they there's some giving and nice. I shot that seven point, that narrower seven point there. Uh, if you remember, it was. Uh, Martin Luther Day, King Day weekend. And it was frigid cold. The wind was blowing. It was in the teens. Drive four-wheeler into the club. Drive a four-wheeler back. And it was cold. And I I had my warmest clothes I could find on. And we had quality clothes by this time. Yep, yep. I was a a Cabela's. uh, I I had, I I helped Cabela's a lot. Yes, yep. And... uh, we had bought some good windproof stuff for riding in and out. I yep. mean, we were we were hooked up. Yep, we were hooked up, and uh, and I was still frigid. And that deer, a little doe, come down past me, and uh, and that went into the pine trees in front of me. And that buck chased it out, and I shot that buck. And on the way out, I met some of our hunting buddies on the way in. It was about eight thirty, and uh, nine o'clock maybe. And he looked at the deer, and it's a little narrower. It's but it's still a nice seven point, a very tall rack. Yeah, it's. And, I uh, mean, probably 
13 wide? Yeah, yeah. Just, it was mature. It's kind of heavy. Yeah. As I look at it. And uh, so it's, what, three, three and a half, four-year-old deer? Yeah, I'd say at least three and a half. And uh, and so, yeah, it's nothing to nothing to write home on. It's not going to break a record, but it's a nice deer. Yep. And it was cold, and I wasn't sitting any longer. Yeah. So, and, and a deer you have no business passing where, at, where we're right. at in Alabama. That's right. In Alabama, you shouldn't pass on that deer. No. And, uh, and the one below it that I shot last year from the house, not the house, but the property here, is similar to it, and that's considered a really nice deer in where we're at. That's a monster here yeah, a at nice the house. Deer, yeah. And so the comment was, yeah, I saw that deer and I passed on it. Those are the kind of things that you like. Am I having fun? Is this fun? Are people happy? And and, and, and it's really not. And I had already bought, I, th- I hadn't bought this place yet, but I was close to buying a place. And within a couple of years, we had bought something. And uh, we pulled out of that club. You were in college. Yep, and, yep. Uh, it was getting harder to get you as a as to hunt with us because it was far away. Plus, it was uh, it was uh, they had really strict rules about that. Yep, yep. And I just wanted a family environment, so we went up to a different area in Greenville and hunted it, and it was a disaster. They messed with your stands, and those people were crazy. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that yeah. place. Yeah, we. Yeah. So what? That was a fifteen hundred acre place. Yeah. That had been had been owned by an outfitter. Yeah, Christian Creek Outfitters. That's right. Is what it used to be called, and they killed potential. A lot of potential on this property, and you should have killed a monster. And I should have killed a monster on this property. I, I've, oof, God, that hurts. Still, yeah. I remember texting you when I missed that one. Yeah, on a rainy, very uh, warm, and uh, foggy evening. Yeah, you remember what happened? Alabama was whooping Auburn. Yeah. Cam Newton was on Auburn's team that year. Yeah. They came back from behind and had just scored the winning touchdown. And I'm listening to it on the radio and I look up and there's a monster standing in the field. This little strip of green patch in the middle of these pine trees. And so as soon as I look up and see him, he's got his head down eating. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is going to happen. This is great. And I feel that wind blow right on the back of my neck. And as soon as I do, his head pops up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now or never, my gun's not up. So I reach down, grab my gun, throw it up. As soon as I'm on him, pull the trigger. Yeah. And nothing. Yep. Missed him. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we, we joined that That'll club. That'll be the lesson to you that football and hunting don't mix. I, I just quit watching football. <laughs> <laughs> I fixed that problem. I just quit. Just leave football alone. Just forget all about it. But, but yeah, so we got in that club, and people started, I mean, people moved our stands around. They would mess with them in the tree. They loosened one of yours, I believe. Yep, loosened up one of my straps that I had yeah. for the old Summit hang-on stand. That's right. Loosened the strap, turn, turned the sticks around, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. They We went in one morning. They had signed out with them and their family members' names every shooting house it was a rainy morning that's right every shooting house so i went and sat in the rain got back to the camp house nobody had hunted that morning no they made a special trip there that morning they lived in one of their brothers lived in town yep he made a special trip to the hunting club just to sign it just to sign it all out so that nobody else could hunt any of the shooting houses that morning that's right 
and uh, and we 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 stayed there one year. Yep. It was the most miserable hunting we had. You killed a nice buck though. I killed a decent buck. You killed a five point that was a four and a half plus year old deer, yeah, right? It was. He might have been a five yeah. or six year old deer. Yeah. He's big. But you know what happened to that deer? What? It, 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 the hunt. The hunting club was so on memorable in my experience and so i was so unhappy with it i put it out in the barn with, with, with the other scrub deer that never made the wall in here mm. it was a nice enough deer to make it yeah i just put it in the barn i yeah. hated i just hated that place mm. and yeah. uh, couldn't root Ru- for the ruin the whole the experience ruin the hunting experience and he's probably i mean if i just had to guess that might have been one of your older deer that you've killed in alabama yeah Probably I mean, right. Big body, big neck on him. Mm-hmm. Nice deer. Yeah. yeah. Really nice deer, but I couldn't care less about it. Mm. Not, and, and so, you know, why do I hunt? For the memories that yep. it makes. And, and uh, as I get older, the memories are different. It's not so much killing deer. It's more, you know, can the grandkids, one of the grandkids going to be old enough to hunt and, and take with me? And what are we going to do when they come and, and get to hunt? I can't save the deer for them because my neighbors will kill them at 9.30 at night. <laughs> Some of my best deer go off camera about 9.30 at night. I hear a bang. I said, man, I think that buck probably just got it. Yep. But um, but that's that's um, rural Alabama, and uh, take it or leave it. I, I love where I live, and and uh, the opportunity it gives me is still great, But and, and I'm okay with all that. I, you know, it's it's not right, but I'm okay. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get all feisty about it but so then we moved i found a piece of land you were you were living i think in louisiana and i found a piece of land up by selma and it was beautiful land and i said joshua i found this land i sent it to you that's nice land but i don't think i could ever make it up there to hunt i was still thinking about getting and i was like no he can't hunt and then you found a place off Henry Davis Road, just up the road from the house. Yep, yep. And I said, and that's that's probably the happiest day, your mama, because uh, then I hunted from out of the house from that point on. Yep. And uh, didn't hunt our property exclusive, but I hunted from the house because uh, I could drive there. We could drive there. We hunted that. You had uh, had some good opportunities. And, uh, Shot a decent buck. Yeah, we didn't find him. We didn't. I took I took a full frontal shot at a pretty steep angle. I was pretty high up in a pine tree. Took a steep angled frontal shot and didn't drive it enough up into him. I think I caught just the bottom of his chest. But we stayed in that club for two years, and I made the I made the commitment that I would just put more into this land and hunt right from the house. And I never look back. I have invites all the time. <clears throat> One of my best friends, he's him and his brothers hunt their family land. I think they got 400 acres. And it skirts up to some scotch land. And uh, so it's, it's and I, up in good area, you know, up there in um, Clark, Clark County area. And uh, I can't bring myself to go. I just uh, know because you know what, uh, if I do hunt in the morning now, which I, I, I like to go some in the mornings, um, I never walk out in the dark 
I get ready and it's daylight. I open the garage door, close the garage door, and and uh, whether I'm climbing a tree or sitting in a house or something, usually in the morning I'll climb a tree because it's pretty cold mornings. Had a little more needed a little more motivation this year, but once I'm up the tree, I look around and it's crisp, and I'm sitting there, and, and it's just a really beautiful place to see. And I get down, I come in the house change clothes. We might go out to lunch, your mother and I, and uh, and then come back. I might watch a ball game. I might uh, take a nap. Four o'clock. No rules. You remember the hunting clubs? You got to be on your stand by three o'clock. You cannot come in and drive down that road. You'll scare all you, the deer. Yeah, you couldn't be driving the and road after so, three o'clock. Oh, my goodness. It was so, a big deal. Now, you know, it gets dark quarter to six or so. Yeah, you know, about four o'clock, I'll head on back in there because the deer don't come into the fields till yeah, it's around five o'clock. And uh, I've skirted out there quarter to five before and sat down just in time to see him coming in. That didn't bother him a bit. <laughs> I don't care what I do. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Just uh, I come and go when I want, and and I do what I want. And if I see a deer I want to shoot, I'll shoot it. And if I see a deer I don't want to shoot, I I saw. That deer I shot last two years ago, I saw its younger, it had to be its son. It was probably a year younger than that deer was when I killed it. I never pulled the trigger on it. Was, I saw it, I'll try to let it grow one more year. Man. If I see it next year, good. If neighbors get it, it, it is what it is. Mm. And, uh, it's typically what happens around here is you let one walk, and, and between now and the next year, one of the neighbors will get it. Yeah. I had a beautiful... 10 or 12 point at the feeders beautiful buck biggest one i've ever seen on the second biggest one you missed the ones the biggest one actually well, you hit it i was about to say it. but uh, and for for the record i hit it and we got a good. picture of it yeah why didn't that deer die i don't know that's what i want to know well it did later and we'll, it did later we'll talk about that yeah but uh this was probably the second biggest deer we had on this proper beautiful buck and uh it was the night before bow season started. I was getting ready to go to bed. I was about to sit down on the bed, and I heard kapow. I said to Miss Helen, your mama, I said, I think that good deer just died. She goes, you think? I said, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we have any more pictures of it, but probably. Never saw another picture of it. Man, and how, how regular had you been getting him up to that point? Oh, it was nightly. Nightly, you know, daily, you know, daytime. I, I best time to hunt on this property that I was sitting on is to kill a buck. I kill a doe any day. I, I'll have 15, 20 does in a field. Yep. At times, and sometimes I have four or five, but you know, sometimes I have fifteen or twenty. I've counted them. And uh, is the first two weeks of bow season, and the last two weeks of gun season yeah that's your best time to kill now you can kill some bucks in between mm-hmm. but that is your prime time to kill um a nice buck they just go nocturnal and they go somewhere else because they don't hit your cameras very often nope, nope. and uh that's about when you had you had wounded that nice that's the nicest buck it was a 12 point i think i think he was a 10 was it i think he was a 10 i can't remember but he was big yeah i mean he was 16, 17 inches wide, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, he was a nice deer for 
Oh, right here, he's the best one I've seen. He's probably the nicest one for anywhere. Yeah. And he and his buddy came out. A lot nicer than the one I got hanging over my head. He he's he was nicer than than that one. And That's that one's mounted. Painful to say, and that one's a full head shoulder mount deer. And uh, we knew this one was coming in. You told me to go in there and get after him. Mm-hmm. And his buddy came out first. He had, he was running with that smaller seven point. And I say smaller seven point. His smaller seven point brother would have almost made the wall. Yeah. yeah. With I told you to wait. And you told me to wait, and I did. And he came out. And I don't know what happened. I shot him. He wasn't too far. We found my arrow right away. We found a spot where he stopped and bled out of both sides. We found blood that had poured from both sides of this deer. And we never did find him. We tracked him. We called your buddy. We tracked him forever and ever. We tried to get a dog. We couldn't get a dog to come in because they didn't want to mess with property line issues and all that. The neighbor ended up shooting him in December. I shot January. him in January. January. So I shot him in October. Mm-hmm. I think it was this. I think it was the second weekend of season. Yeah. And I I shot him that year w- with archery equipment, and then the neighbor shot him in January with a rifle. It was near the end of the season. He, uh, I heard a kapow. It was right in front of my stand. I, you know, where. Oh, hundreds of yards apart through woods. But he has a stand down there by the swamp on his property. And I'm sitting up in mine, and I hear kapow. And then I hear a scream, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, hmm. Oh, oh, call him Shine. Old Shine must have shot him a nice deer. I don't know the man that well. But my buddy knows him well. Yep. For y'all in the South, it's good to have a redneck that has a shady past on your side. Yep, that's right. You get a lot of stuff done. (laughs) And I have a buddy that's a redneck with a shady past. And uh, trust him as much as I can trust a son. But he's got a shady past, and he knows all the shady people. Yep, yep. So if I have a stand stolen, he has a good idea who took it. If I want to know about a deer being shot by somebody that might not like me, he'll find out for me. He'll find it out. And he, uh, not that this guy doesn't like me, I just don't know him. Sure. And, uh, but he went and he said, he said, I'll find out because he was helping us track that deer. Yeah. He said, I'll find out. And he said, sure enough. He said, but that deer was so full of gangrene. Mm-hmm. He said he had to discard the deer. Yeah. It was, he said he didn't know how it was still alive. Sheesh. And, uh, that was a, that was interesting. And we, we got a picture of that thing and that's, that shot looked yeah, it came back to the camera. I think a week later, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, and same it, spot. And it, I mean, it didn't have a real big hole in him necessarily. So I don't know if, and I was using mechanical broadheads at the time. So I don't know if it just didn't open up, or, or what happened. Why it didn't die? I have no idea. Why that didn't? I mean, it was right behind the shoulder. Yeah, but so uh, it was, and uh, it's a mystery. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just unfortunate. But uh, but you've been hunting here now for exclusively for five. How many years? I don't know. When did you graduate from uh, Southeastern? I graduated Southeastern in 2012. Since then, I think I think I was in 
Louisiana when we were in the club here. Were you in Baton Rouge or were you in Louisiana? Were you in Southeastern? I think I was in Baton Rouge. Okay. So I, I think we were, I think it would have been 20, because we had Hadley when I was in, when we were in the club here. So it was probably 2015, maybe. Okay. You had Hadley then? Yep. That last year. Okay. That last year. That had to be my last year that I hunted at a club. Yeah. So you've been here for seven years exclusively, basically. Yeah. Hadn't yeah. looked back. No, and, and I don't miss any of it because why do I hunt? I hunt for the memories. Yep. And and I don't really hunt to kill deer. I I it's a stress it reduces my stress a great deal. I'm I can think. It it gets me away from my work. The ladies that work for me, they they want me to go hunting because it calms me. And, uh, <laughs> they say, Brian, you need to go hunting. <laughs> one of them says, did you catch any deer? Because she can't stand the, the thought of a deer dying. Yeah. But uh, she'll eat a hamburger in a minute. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's the deer dying uh, part that she's not big on. Yeah. And uh, But, you know, it, I can thank. Of course, sometimes they didn't like me. When I had email on my phone, they really didn't like it because I would stay connected. And I'd come up with an idea. How about? And... Uh, so they're better now that I've disconnected from, I took the email off my phone. Yeah, nice. And, nice. Uh, and I'm disconnected at work and I'm much more less, much, much more stress-free, much better, yeah. much better for me. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I have uh, never looked back. I've had some invites to some very nice places some I can't go because it's conflict of interest with my work, their customer or their vendors, and uh, and you just can't cross that line. Yeah, one of them is um, a, a, a a friend, but he's he still owns a a, a company that uh, I do business with, and I can't cross that line. You've been to his club once, but yes, indeed, we have we've <coughs> been there, or I've been there, and but uh, boy, I'd love to go back. That's beautiful. I get invites every year to go there, and I have to say no. And that's the only one that's tempting. My friends is tempting, but not really because it's they have more of a maybe a family oriented, and they would get along. They put me in a good spot, but they have rules. Oh yeah, uh, you know, don't shoot that deer because it's got history with us or whatever. I don't want to shoot one of the deer if it's going to hurt their feelings yeah and and i don't want to have stress of not shooting a deer or shooting the wrong deer and feeling bad and i just look i can go back out here i can see 20 does have a good time come back in sit down eat some dinner watch a little tv with your mom and we're off to the you know we'll do what we do go to church next day so yeah that's what we'll do i think that's one of the one of the cool parts about here is you know, you're not you're not hunting here to shoot a hundred and forty inch deer. You know, that's that's not what you're after. No. no. Um, but you know the property well. Mm-hmm. You know what you can expect. You know that you're probably if you'll hunt if you'll hunt the first two weeks of the season for bow season, mm-hmm. and if you'll hunt the last two weeks and you'll do it seriously and smart, you'll probably get a crack at something at a buck that yeah. you'll you'll want at least euro mount and throw yeah. up on the wall that's right um and in the meantime you're going to see a ton of does 
Mm-hmm. If you needed to shoot a doe, you could. That's right. You know, and at this point, the does kind of just ignore you. Oh, I walk out of the field. They just watch me. <laughs> watch you leave in the yeah, evenings. They yeah. do. They do. They, it's 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 funny. The beginning of the season, they run like crazy. Yeah. They go. I I get out of there, and they're gone. You see their you see their if you shine the flashlight into the field, you just see their eyeballs heading through the trees. And uh, by the end of the season, they're all standing there looking at you. They don't even get out of the middle of the field. Yep. They just watch you. And you walk right on past and go to the house. And two, three hours later, they're in the backyard eating eating grass and corn. Yep. And, uh, and, and watching the dogs bark at them. Mm. <laughs> it's just... Yeah. I used to tell you, I think that they know my smell mm. and they're just used to it. Cause I'm back there. I've got a pond back there. We go fishing, we went fishing kids caught your young daughter Hadley. Yep. She got into something. I don't know what it was, but it broke her line. It's a big fish. It was off of a worm and a little, what is that? Cars pole. Fishing I think pole? it's cars. Yeah. Little, little, little two foot fishing pole. She got into something that was bigger than uh, that pole. Yep. Could handle. Yep. Snap that line, poor thing. <laughs> but that's right where one of the spots I see the most deer. Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so, yeah, you walk out and I, I don't fool with them. Your mother likes to give me such a hard time at the end of, end of February when I take my week. Uh, so I'm at, this is my hunting camp this week. I'm going to hunt and I'm not going to church. I'm going to hunt. <laughs> she just laughs at me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You go hunt. You go get the devil's deer because it won't be God's deer because you're skipping oh, church. <laughs> you go get the devil's deer, and she oh, that's funny. she gives me a hard time about it. But it's uh, I, I try to take that just that one uh, one hunt a year where it's a, it's a week and it's kind of myself. I'll take it off work and just kind of relax and and um, yeah. So it, I have that and I have. You know, Thanksgiving weekend. I didn't even bow hunt this year, Josh. I didn't. Uh, I don't know why. We bought a we bought a camper, and I think we were trying to get it ready to go and do did a lot of things. I, I was late to planting. We took a trip to Alaska in September. That kind of or, or late August, and that kind of threw us off on timing of preparing my fields. And and your window here is for those who are listening in Wisconsin. Your window for planting here in Alabama is not like your window for planting in Wisconsin. No. You can very quickly run into its opening day and we haven't planted yet. Very quickly if we have a drought. I I plant around the rain and projected rain, and it's usually very dry in um, October. Usually no rain in October. So in the past, and I'm going to stop it this year, but in the past, I would I would plant the last rain, last known rain of September, and uh, but it's a little warm and I get a lot of weeds. Yep. And, and you you plant much before that. Anything cool season fall yep. food plot ain't doing it's well. Not gonna, it's not going to survive. No. And so I think what I'll do is plant the end of October. I used to plant in September so I could hit bow season. Yeah. And uh, we've had some droughts. Oh, my goodness, we've had some droughts with that, and it didn't rain again till November, and I've had bare fields, but it would come up 
hot, oh, 70, 80, 85 degrees, too hot. Yeah. Anyway, and it was hot. It was hot in November, but it was dry in November. But we got a ton of rain in October. Mm. And so I think next year, because I had, I, I had a bunch of uh, weeds growing in the field. I mean, still plenty of food for the deer, but uh, it was also mixed with a lot of weeds, and I didn't like the looks of it. So I, I, I told myself last year I'm gonna I'm gonna plant probably the end of October, yeah, and uh, be ready for opening day of gun season. And yeah, just, well, uh, and if you want to here, if you want to press it for bow season, now that you guys can use feeders, yeah, legally, you can bait them up pretty good, and yeah, you put the corn spreaders out to them, and uh, or or the trough. We get we have the bears. If you put a bunch of corn out in a big pile, you'll end up with a bunch of bears coming. Every That's something night. folks up north probably don't don't realize. And here in deep South Alabama, we have a lot of bears. We do. We have a lot of bears, and they will put you under the jail should you shoot one. <laughs> like the, so. I guess we should include the the one of the clubs that we were in down the road here. That's how that club <laughs> ended up taking over the large lease that they had was the previous club got busted shooting bears, shooting bears and shooting a lot of them. And they have a lot of bears still. Yes. 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 But if you put a pile of corn out there and I've done a pile of corn out there, (laughs) they they will lay in the middle of the corn. You remember I had that feeder up in front of the house, about a hundred yards in that wood spot. And I got a picture of a bear. He was laying in it. Yep. And he take, he was just shoveling the corn in and then it went, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes before the next picture, he had actually went to sleep in there and then got up and started eating some more. He just laid right there <laughs> in at night and slept. Take a little nap and, in, the, uh, in the corn. They'll, 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 use, they'll, go to the, they'll go to the bathroom all around the corn pile and it'll all just be yellow. And uh, I, So I switched up how I feed them a little bit. I, I give them something I don't appreciate but the deer love in... Uh, it's uh, rice bran, mm. and yep. uh, and the bear. I'll, I'll get a picture of a bear too every year. They'll come and they'll they'll eat, take a few bites, but then they move on and they go to somebody that does pile of the corn up. Yep. So there's plenty of folks around here that will. Oh, they all my neighbors, yeah, all it, over the place. So. You know, one thing that that I find interesting here on this property, you've kind of taken a different approach than some folks with, you know, a smaller whitetail parcel. Let's say. A lot of folks will say, keep the pressure off. Don't, don't walk through it. Don't look at it wrong. You know, don't, you know, be super careful about the way you're approaching it. Your approach is more along the lines of like a Lee Lakoski or who's that guy's name that you mentioned? He's in Buffalo County. He's, he is responsible for the, for the, the one I told you you should interview. Yes. Because he thinks like me. Yes. He is responsible for the deer management movement. Starting in Buffalo County. I can't remember his name right now. It's embarrassing. I should know it. Yeah. But Lee Lakoski and him, they're, they're essentially, they believe, I'm here all the time. Mm-hmm. I am normal to these deer. Yep. I am part of their everyday life. Yep. I don't treat it like I'm hunting this property. I come out here and I sit in my gazebo by the pond. Yep. And I fish by the pond. Yep. And I hang out with kids and shoot by the pond. Yep. And sometimes I just happen to be sitting in that little house over there and I shoot the deer that walk out. Yep. That's right. <laughs> you and, know, uh, 
or in the very back. I, I can't chase them out of the field sometime. Yeah. But I'm back there all the time. My scent is back there all the time, or it's up front all the time. They don't really. Now, look, if you're in a stand and they, I always have one or two every year, the smart doe. Oh, my goodness. They'll spot you <laughs> in a heartbeat. And, and those are usually the ones that I say you got to die. Yeah. And uh, so if I'm going to kill a deer, I will target that deer. And so if I'm going to kill a doe. And uh, no, I just, uh, I have not seen where I chase them. Now, I'll tell you when they disappear. You hurt their feelings if you shoot one of their friends. Yes, and I was just about to bring that up. And, and they will disappear. It's, it's like you hurt their feelings. Yep. And uh, they'll, they'll show you they won't show up for a few weeks. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, you shoot one early enough in the year. By mid-January, they're, uh, they're coming back in, and they're standing in the field when you're walking off. And they've forgiven you. It's, yep. it's, like a, it's like the dogs we have out back. You hurt their feelings. They go out and pout for a little while. When they get over <laughs> it, they come back. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that last, the last deer I shot here was a six-point a couple years ago. I remember shooting that deer and I stayed in the shooting house for a little bit. You were hunting farther in the back, right? That evening. I think I was up front with your daughter. You were up front. So basically I got out and was standing out there waiting on you and I'm other deer walking out into the field Yeah. as I'm standing there with my light on Yeah. and I just shot one. Mm -hmm. Like they, I don't think they had quite put it all together yet. You know, these deer just do not care. It wasn't one of their friends. It was a buck. It was a buck. They didn't care. (laughs) They didn't care. But but you're right. They do. I I don't understand it because you can walk through that middle field every evening, Mm -hmm. bust all the deer out of there. Mm -hmm. Next evening, they're back in there at the same time. Same time. And it's a it's a it's about um, their natural movement habits because they'll come early for a week. And then it might be late for a week. And, and so, you know, I say I've gone back there at 4.30, 4.45, and, you know, sometimes they come out at 5.30. Sometimes they're coming out at 5 after 5, sometimes 5 till. And, uh, but it's a pattern that they're in. Yeah. Then they'll change that pattern. Just I don't know what it is because I'm not – I'm not uh, the one who is going to sit and study that stuff. I, I, I just, my mind doesn't work that way. You're the one that does that. <laughs> and uh, So if I, if I wrote down everything and I'd give it to you because I don't want to pay attention, I don't even like reading, right? I have to do it at work and I don't want to do it at home. That's right. And so <laughs> I don't pay attention to that stuff. I tried to start 15 diaries on hunting here and from detail to limited detail, I don't take the time to do it. I'm going to sit down and watch a ball game. Yep. And uh, my mind's going to go blank and or I'll start thinking about work. But I just, a diary is just not going to happen. Yeah. You will document every moment of a hunt. Yes, indeed. And uh, we just, it's a little different that way. So you could probably pinpoint why make some change and yep. weather and moon and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, it's – and those bucks, that buck that you shot, I watched them three days earlier for the first time come out into the field. Mm-hmm. And I sat there until they left the field, 
because I knew you were coming. I was going to put you on them. Yep. And you told you took note of the detail. You may not have written it down, but you took note of it. And you told me almost to the minute that that thing was going to step out. That's right. And I'm telling you, it wasn't two minutes after what you said. He stepped out into the lane that they have to cross to get into the field. That's right. And I was like, man, okay, this, yeah. isn't, this isn't bad. But, but like yeah, they were in that pattern. They were in that pattern at yeah. that at that moment, and they hold it for like you said, a week at a time, yeah. and then they're on to something else. That's right. Uh, or their pattern changes up a little bit. They're never gone. You know, they're just a little bit different. Sometimes but. I wonder if they're not there, but I, I've sat <laughs> sat on that field, <laughs> and I I won't see a deer. And I'll be, I, I came back this just this year. I come back and there's two in the yard. Yep. I was like, I saw more deer in the yard coming back yeah. through. <laughs> and they go run off and a half hour they're back out eating in the yard again under yep. the lights. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, they just change up. All of a sudden you go a week or two where you don't see any. Yep. And then yep. you'll have three or four days where literally... 13 to 20 are in the field. Yeah. And the, and the thing is when you get days like that, if you have multiple people, like we've had times that we've had, we've kind of been a little spread out mm -hmm. and there were six or eight in the little field up front yep. and there were 12 to 15 in the middle field and there were six or eight in the back on the cameras. You know, it's like, man, we had 30 something deer in here on 35. Well, your acres. wife sat in the front. I sat in the middle, and you sat in the back, and you two each shot a deer. Yeah. And uh, we all saw a deer. Yep. And uh, when they moved, they move, and we saw a lot of deer that day. And the neat thing, the one thing that I really like about your property and why uh, I would love to see us add that next door piece one day is yeah. be because your front deer that are in front of the house are not bedding in nor are they the same deer that hit the middle field. That's right. And those are well, not. Occasionally, you'll see them come up there. Occasionally. But they come right past the shooting house. You know which ones they are. Yep, yep. But it's maybe three or four times a year. Yep, and the middle plot deer are not the same deer that are in the far back. For the most field. part. For the most true. part. You get a little bit of crossover, yeah. but for the most part, they are distinct. The, and so the, if, the if you get a buck. The the back come from. About 120 acres behind us. Yep. They just walk across that property line. Yep. Coming and, through the, to the field. Yep. And in the, this middle field, there it's like it, there's a swamp that runs through. Yeah. And it's like the deer don't cross it. Yeah. But they do. But, but yeah, they, they, they do. But yeah. for some reason, the, the fields get taken over by certain doe groups almost and, and certain bucks. And it's like this is the group that uses this field and the other ones won't mess with it. So the, the, the small field on the other side of the swamp on the north side gets deer from the north and from the east the middle field the one with the pond and the gazebo i mean it's a it's a one acre one and a half acre field with a big two or three acre opening with the pond and gazebo and all that stuff it's where we were fishing today yep and uh it gets deer almost exclusively from the east mm -hmm. coming in the front field, and sometimes just in front of the house, it gets deer from the west, and or actually to the south. They'll cross the road, and from the um, and from the west, kind of northwest area. 
So they're coming in in a different in a different way, and they just don't now right by the house. I don't know where they all come from. I don't know where those deer come from. They're kind of that's one thing. I think the middle field and the front field combine on, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll both come into the yard. Yeah, and and you know I'll sit just off the wood line from the house. I've seen some nice deer coming across there. Yep. And and a lot of them in morning sits. If the wind is right, it's out of the north, I'll sit there and, and they'll they'll come booking across just outside of side of the house. Yep. And dogs will be barking. Sometimes I hunt and I go, them dogs are barking at something, probably deer moving at the house. I'm at, I'm way back here seeing nothing. Man. Rem- do you remember that uh that buck that we got on camera that year? We've always hunted. The day after Thanksgiving. Always, yeah. Always hunted the day after Thanksgiving. Yep. And there was one year we decided not to get up. Yeah. The day after Thanksgiving. That's right. And we had an absolute toad of a buck. Mm-hmm. Walked just behind. Never saw that buck before. Never saw that buck since. Never saw him since. And he wasn't the biggest racked deer. He was heavy, though. But he was heavy. His neck and shoulders were just giant. Yeah. Heavy horned, yep. heavy heavy deer, and he walked right across that lane that we probably would have sat in. Well, one which of, is we not, had talked about sitting yeah. there. One of us was going to sit there that next morning. Which is not 20 yards behind the wood line. Yeah. Where the back of the yard is. Yep. At the house. Yep. But he just cuts that corner. Yep. Right between the yeah. right between that middle food plot mm-hmm. and the yard. Yeah. Nice little funnel that that. Creates and and a whole lot of scrapes go on in there yep. in, in the in, in the rut time, where uh, but right up there in the driveway you'll see a little pine tree that's been beat up pretty good, uh, right right just past the gate yeah and you know, I don't see that deer around I don't know when he came <laughs> you know and the acorns are big you come in from work and it's dark. <laughs> you gotta almost shoo the deer out from the driveway. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I will say that is when you see a lot of deer driving in and out. Yeah. But acorn years, heavy acorn years, are tough. Yeah, here yeah. because we just we don't have a good stand of oaks necessarily. Yeah, where it's like here's where we're gonna go hunt all the oaks because they're they're scattered. That's right throughout, and if one's dropping. They're all dropping. That's right. So the yard, which has a lot of oaks, so yeah, that's a good spot. But they hit it at night. Yep, <laughs> they're in there. Crazy dogs are driven crazy by them. Yep. The driveway, great spot, and you can actually hunt that. Yep. Um, everything else is thick. Yep. It's got oaks in it, but it's thick, and it's tough to hunt. I tried one year, and I just spooked everything around me. Yep. Understory thick with yawpon holly. Yeah. And the moment you go in and you clear all that out, well, that's just the oaks they don't use in the daylight. That's right. That's <laughs> you know, exactly you, what it you is. go in and clear it and it's just like the front. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It comes just like that's the front. Exactly right. So we, uh, I don't do a lot to manage, honestly. Um, your mother says, Miss Helen, she'll tell you in a heartbeat, I'm not living on a deer reserve. Yep. And uh, <laughs> this is our home, yeah. and we're going to enjoy our home. And if I want to walk my dogs to your field and walk it around the pond, and it might be the rut, I don't care. This is our home. 
it's not a deer preserve. <laughs> and, and and all you can say to her is, yes, ma'am, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But she's pretty good around some of those key times. She really is. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I have calmed way down my anxiety when she does it. Yeah. Because I just like, the dogs go back there all the time with her. She yeah. walks there all the time. Her and I were walking one time across the swamp. I had a little bridge. It's much better now, less, much less dangerous. But uh, we built a new road a couple of years ago through there. It's always good to have redneck friends. <laughs> There's that old shady, redneck friends piece again. <laughs> with a little shady background, but you can get the roads <laughs> through swamps. But we went back there. We are walking and talking. It was before season, before bow season. And we turned the corner to go up to the field. We're just going to pull a camera. And her and I were talking, regular talk, walking. And we turned the corner. I said, are those bucks? She's like, because I can't see, right, without glasses. I didn't have glasses on. I can't see that well. She's like, yeah, they are. When we pulled the camera later, they were in there. And it was some eight points that we've been seeing most of the time. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't even look up at us. Yeah. We just froze and and uh, turned around and went back and didn't didn't spook him out of there and man it, that's that's what I mean you're back there so often yeah and uh, I don't think they care no the deer in that field right now eating uh, walking around they're doing what they do smelling where we fished not caring uh, yeah guarantee it man and uh, we were all over the backyard and they're in the backyard probably right now yeah. So if I didn't have these earphones on, you'd hear the dogs barking. <laughs> these are pretty nice headphones. They are. Yeah. You can't yeah. hear a whole lot outside. Pretty of good. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, thanks for coming on this episode of the podcast. I uh, text you. I can't remember when it was a week or so ago. And I said, hey, you know, we've got to record something while I'm down there. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I. Yeah. Started this crazy podcast thing a while back and haven't had a chance to. I don't know that I've been, I've been to Alabama once since I started the podcast, I think. I think you were starting it. I don't think you had started it. Hadn't started it quite yet. So, and so I listened to it and and you're doing a great job. Yeah. It's been a lot of fun. We'll see. uh, We'll see what the future holds with it. Well, we hope you uh, continue on and uh, it's always, it's fun to been on. It's nice to have this conversation. Yeah. Uh, hope that uh, hope that uh, you know you continue your success with it and your hunting and uh, I don't know maybe I'll get to Wisconsin and hunt so I, I'd be more probably available to hunt in Wisconsin than I'll ever get to hunt in Michigan yeah and yeah. Uh, just because you all are there yeah well I mean I I've done my best you've seen the pictures of the deer yeah that I'm and you've seen the video the daylight videos that i'm sending you during during the rut yeah of some big deer yeah of some really big deer but it's cold up there. like tanker sized deer yes so i've done yeah. all i can do they at this are point. big that's your all mother can... your mother really thugs i'm you're you're heading up there aren't you you can't wait to get up there right and i was like it's hard to get me out of south alabama yeah and, yeah uh, well the good news is cold good news is if you come up We'll have you hunted the rut and back home in time for rifle season here. That's bow hunting. 
Right. Oh yeah, you'll have the bow hunt up there. Yeah, you have to pull out the old. Have to blow the dust off of it. Yeah. Well, you could always get a crossbow too. No. Fling some arrows no. out. I just give up. <laughs> Nothing wrong with if you're going to crossbow hunt. Sure. But, uh, but I just, um, I'm just, I'm, and and I didn't always hunt with a bow. If you remember, I I got a crossbow to hunt that front field because we didn't have a big tripod stand. Yep. Yep. And so it was, and I didn't want to shoot that direction without because it won't go down. I didn't feel comfortable. Yep. So I made it either a shotgun with buckshot or crossbow. And then I got a big stand that shoots down and it's in a very safe direction and it's much better. And so I scratched that idea, but I, it got me to buy a bow and then and I've killed some deer. I've killed the nice, uh, that buck over there. Yep. That nice six point. Yeah. And I say six, but he's heavy, thick, he's mature heavy, thick. deer. And that's my, that's my rule here, Josh is if it is a mature deer yeah uh, you see the you see the one with the messed up side yeah that's a very old deer he is and that's just my rule it doesn't matter the size of the horn i just don't want to shoot a young deer and uh, i don't care if you do i don't care if you do i don't care if the grandkids do i don't care if my neighbors do i don't care i'm just not going to yeah and that's just a personal thing. And, and uh, so, you know, that's that's about the only self-imposed rule I have. Other than that, it's what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. I, I, not illegal. I obey the laws. And uh, But it's, it's, it's none of that uh, politics like, you cannot drive down this road after 3 o'clock or we are going to tell you you owe us $100. Yep. And by the way, we have a meeting the last Sunday of the hunting season, and it's mandatory that you be there. Yep. Look. And oh, I, we we would have let that deer walk. I sit. I sit in seven meetings a day. I, the last thing I want to do when I go hunting is sit in a meeting. Yeah. So. <laughs> and and uh, I know that everybody has their own little hunting camps and hunting camp stories. What I gave y'all is an example of a northern michigan upper peninsula type hunting some people do it out of tents and it's just a you know they might do it out of a hotel room and it might just be them and and might just be them might be them and a good friend or something and in wisconsin i think they have similar type things it's family or good friends but it's not paid leases typically and yep. in Alabama, it's typically paid leases for the ones that can afford it. And yep. I, I'm telling you, there are some expensive hunting clubs in Alabama. 15000 a year, 11000 6000 7000 I ain't paying $15,000 a year to kill a nice buck every year. I go out west and kill a, an elk for $15,000 a year. Yeah. If I'm going to spend that kind of money, which I, why? I spend you know some money here to plant and and uh, that's not what drives me. Yep. And so, but but I gave some examples: South Alabama or all of Alabama, and the kind of the southeast. Yep. And versus what it's like up north in Wisconsin, the same. I know there's some variations of every bit of it in between. Yep. 
but uh, that's that's been my experience. Yeah, well, it's you know it, it's one of the things that um, you know growing up here, and you talk about the Upper Peninsula Deer Camp, and then going up to Wisconsin, moving up there, and hearing people talk about their experience at Deer Camp. And I still know a lot of guys now that their whole family hunts on twenty acres yeah. of northern Wisconsin land, and they got public land around. But a lot of these guys hunt on their family land. Right. right. You know, you got six, ten guys on twenty acres of property, yeah. and they're all along the property boundaries or whatever of it. And it, you know, you ask them, "What'd y'all kill?" Oh, so and so got a got a six point or an eight point this year. Wait, there were eight of y'all. Yeah. John got a deer. Yeah. What do you mean, John? <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, it's just just yeah. a very different world. That the deer's not why they're there. No, they're there for fellowship. They're there right. to, for companions. They're there for fun. If they're drinkers, they're drinking. They're having fun. Yeah. If they're not drinkers, then they're not drinking. But they're having fun. They're, yeah. they're with family. They're with friends. And 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 people will take off nine days in Wisconsin. Yep. At least the first week of Michigan and and. Uh, that is that is an event. Yep. Oh my goodness! When I was in school, you take a gun to school because you might go hunting after school. And <laughs> now you, of course, of course, going to your school to pick you up, take you hunting. I had guns in the truck. I was like, oh my, you can't have guns out of school land. I said, shh, let's go. <laughs> my my school might have been one of the last ones you could get away with it. It might have been. It was a little bit of a redneck school. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but that's that's. People took it serious, and, yeah. and, and, but it was about fun, and it was about your friends, and and if somebody had success, wonderful, we did good, but we played cards, we had good food, told good stories. Them old fellas run me ragged going down through looking for some thirteen or fourteen year old girl that never existed, <laughs> and uh, dear eyes that I was too uh, afraid to go see, and. Yeah. And uh, and all of that left uh, obviously really fond memories for me growing up, and and if you can get kids to to experience that, and it's not politics and hunting, it's it's just uh, I like that part of northern hunting. That's what I really like. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think there's a movement back towards that. <clears throat> uh, quite honestly, I think. Now the 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 high dollar leases and all of that big business it's still yeah, it's always going to be there. It's here. It was here before, just in a different form. Guys went on safaris and all kinds of stuff. That's right. It's always been around the the money man's game, right? Yeah. It, that's always been around. But I think you see a resurgence in a lot of the folks that are putting out good content on YouTube and that kind of stuff these days, where it's about the it's about the team effort, you know, and it's a little more we got a killer instinct and we're out, you know, a little less playing cards and a little more obsessing over maps to figure out where to hunt. That's right. But the camaraderie piece is making a return. That's right. Which I think is good. A <laughs> couple, I got to tell you, you might go long, but that's too bad. Yeah, that's all right. You'll figure it out. <laughs> tell you a couple of things that came to mind. And, and one of them is back in the eighties and, and Leroy stand, he used to, he'd come in for lunch and uh, now he was the first one. He got a three-wheeler. Before that, it was snowmobiles. 
But then it warmed up and we didn't have as many much snow for snowmobiles and nobody had one anyway, so they wouldn't bring it. He got a three-wheeler and he'd come back and forth. And then he got a four-wheeler when it's time. And I don't know at the end because I wasn't hunting there anymore. But uh, he came in one day from a stand where I had shot that deer. And uh, he uh, he's sitting there and he goes, I know them deer right there right now. He said, I, I guarantee it. They're sitting out there right now. Probably that old bear. He had a bear coming around one year. He said, he said, you'd think. He said, wouldn't it be good if we had some way of of being able to take a picture of what's there when you're not there? So many years before <laughs> cameras were ever a thought yeah. in somebody's mind. Yeah. And and uh, and then the talk went from around the table from these guys, and they said, yeah, even be better if we can be sitting right here and see what's going on there now. And, and, and they're like, they have some sort of bell or something. <laughs> and, yeah. yeah. You know, not even contemplating on what could be, but the idea for this start, I mean, didn't start there, but people were having that kind of thoughts. And, and the other story that comes to mind is, uh, is, uh, you know, there was no hunting shows. We had, uh, there was a, there was one, outdoor michigan or something came on three or four times a year that i remember other than that you're talking about the national shows mutual of omaha or something like that that come on a few times a year where they talk about animals and they get to deer they were talking about mule deer why are they mule deer I don't know. I think they have hooves like mules. <laughs> These are conversations I heard the old fellas talking yeah. about. Yeah. We had no idea. And and that was back in the 80s. And it's just, it's a different world. Of course, technology has, has taught us everything. Yep. Yep. But, um, but even those thought processes back then and, and uh, how how you bring all that forward. and and uh, But it, it, it's it's really better, Joshua. It's really better if we don't worry about what we kill, and we go and we go about it for the for the enjoyment, the peacefulness of it, the camaraderie, and uh, and man, I can't wait till those kids are old enough to go hunting with me. Yeah, it's I, I am really excited about that. You know, like those things the the peacefulness of it the camaraderie like those are the things that unless you join the wrong hunting camp yeah. people can't take from you people right. people can't come you know fall of this year let's say if we're able to make it down people can't come and take away that experience mm. the camaraderie that we're going to have hanging out here swapping stories about what we saw hearing about Hadley going and sitting in a stand with you or whatever you know hearing hearing that experience through a seven or at that time, she'll be eight year olds eyes. Um, You know, you may or may not get a deer, but you can always have the experience. I remember that time when you went back, you killed that deer back in the field. I heard you shoot. I was up there with your daughter. Yep. Yep. And, And I was leaving and you said, where's your gun? I said, I ain't taking a gun. I'm not shooting anything. We're just going to sit and watch a deer. You said, good luck with that. She's going to want you to shoot a deer. She uh-huh. was about four or something. Yep, yep. And so I took headphones, and I took a shotgun and uh, sat in a blind that we set up for because she couldn't get up in the stand with me. And uh, so we set it all up that, that morning. 
And here comes a deer. And I said, Hadley, Hadley, here comes a deer. She's watching Paw Patrol or something on the phone. <laughs> she looks up. She goes, I want to shoot it. I said, but Hadley, don't you just want to watch it? It's pretty. No, I want to shoot it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I pull the shotgun up. And I, and I get a name. It goes, click. I was like, oh, man, I didn't even load the gun. <laughs> I wasn't going to shoot a deer that night if it, my life depended on it, but she wanted to do it. So I, I, I didn't even know I didn't load the gun. I was, uh, but I had no intention of shooting it. Finally, you shot, so she got some excitement with that. Yeah, yeah she got to come track that buck. Yep. And, uh, but, I, you know, it can be as simple, Josh, as I was waiting for you to get out of the backfield one one day and you takes you forever because you got that little diaper or whatever you wear on the hey i'm a lot faster now i'm a lot faster now but you, you it took me a out. while that season and i was looking at the pond and i was just looking and the steam was coming off the pond the wind was coming in my face and the steam was going the opposite direction and yep. we learned a little bit i'm not sure what we learned but we learned a little bit about the air currents yep well remember yeah. I, I i remember coming out and i said I said, Brian, the the wind was not supposed to be good for where I was at. But because of where I was sitting on the field, my wind was pulling right back down into that swamp. Yeah. I could feel it when I got in there. Even though the wind was forecasted to be the other direction, I ended up sitting on the swamp side. That's right. And it pulled my wind right down into there. And when I when I walked up, I had noticed that that hunt, and when I walked up, you were watching the same thing off the pond. Yeah. You were watching the, yeah. the you know the wind currents take it in a different direction. So, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and those are the memories, right? That's right. So. That's right. And and yeah, speaking of of Hadley, you're gonna have to kill something with her because this morning I got up to go turkey hunting, and she saw me getting ready to walk walk out of the room. She said, "Dad, where are you going?" I said, "I'm going turkey hunting, baby." I want to go. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Well, let me, uh, I'll take you in a couple of weeks. So. Yeah. yeah. You get, you get on turkeys. We don't have a lot of turkeys down at this. Every now, you know, I'll see a bunch of turkeys in a field and I don't pay attention to them in spring, but I imagine there's some toms around. Oh yeah. There's got to be. Uh, I think they just pass through. I think the population's at a point here where they're, you know, and we see it up there where we're at. They're nomadic. Yeah. You know, they'll be on this f- field this week, and then the next week you'll see the same three strutting toms, you know, a mile down the road or half a mile down the road. I think they're nomadic here, too. It's just not a lot of them. A lot of turkey hunters down here will throw out cracked corn. Mm. I don't know how a turkey finds it, but I guess because they're nomadic, and they, they'll come up upon it in some areas, and they'll just hang around those, I think. All right. Well, I think that's a wrap. This was a good one. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Thank you for having me.